Attention, everyone. This is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. Welcome to the first ever episode of Kaiju Cast, the only podcast that I know of dedicated to giant Japanese monsters. All of uh, Godzilla's friends and foes are fair game for discussion here, and we're going to be diving into that pretty soon. With me here at the audio console is a good friend of mine, Martin Vavra of Galaxy Sailor Productions. Say hello to the soon to be fans out there, Martin. Woohoo! Hey, hello out there, fans. We're going to be talking about Godzilla in general today, but first we're going to hear some choice tracks from these favorite films of mine. We'll start by taking a trip to the future in a little-known tropical the paradise. The United Nations Scientific Committee has established an exploratory base on the surface of the moon. Here at the Rocket Departure Center on Earth, lunar-bound spacecraft are launched on a daily schedule. At Ogasawara Island, an underwater research center has been set up to allow scientists to study the habits and breeding of marine life in their natural surroundings. Here, many new forms of fish are being artificially evolved. While on the island itself, all of the Earth's monsters have been collected and confined in an area known as Monsterland. Among them are Godzilla, Angela. 
Mothra and Gorosaurus. In the past, all have inflicted terrible destruction on humanity, and their imprisonment is for security purposes as well as for scientific investigation. Special electronic devices guard each according to its own characteristics. are free to eat as much of it as they can catch.
good monster music folks if you're wondering we started off with a soundbite from destroy all monsters from 1968 it's basically a tour of monster land which a lot of people call monster island I, I like monster island better myself and then we moved on to uh 
one of the beginning tracks from Godzilla Final Wars calling Beginning of the End. And uh, that was the 2004 movie, the 50th anniversary movie. After that was Godzilla vs. Angulus from the very first Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla movie. After that, it was the theme song from Ultra Q, which is an old Subaraya TV show. Someday we'll talk about that. That's a really cool show. And then after that, we heard the theme song from Godzilla X Megagyrus, or Megagyrus, depending how you want to say that. Uh, after the show is posted live, I'll also post a track listing on the blog to make sure you check out the blog after uh, after you listen to the show. For all you soundtrack fans out there, you'll be happy to know that music will always play a heavy role in this podcast. One of the main reasons I haven't been so into Godzilla recently is that I, like I'm sure many Godzilla fans did, sort of got burned out from the several years leading up to the 50th anniversary. All that Final Wars hype coupled with my own film festival that I put on here in Portland just sort of left me with a feeling of blarg about the whole genre. So, sort of like eating pad thai for like every meal for like a year and then, you know, you want something different afterwards, but still good and you'll always want to eat it eventually. I'm coming back to Godzilla and uh, I fell out of step and now I'm back, especially since there are no movies being produced now. It's really hard to get involved and get, you know, behind nothing, but you know, there's always the classics. You go back to the classics. Uh... So one aspect of the fandom that I've never really picked up on is soundtrack collecting. There's, you know, 28 movies out there, a lot of great music, a lot of great, you know, different releases. And I hope to really pick up where I left off in my Godzilla knowledge and uh, really get into that whole musical score thing. I know it's a rich tapestry. I'm very excited to start collecting and share what I find along the way with the listeners. So, for our listeners, I'll explain what's going on here. Our very first three shows, what I'm doing here is I'm having my friends as guests. Each one will be featured in a separate episode. They'll all have varying degrees of knowledge about Godzilla. It's sort of like taking a look at what an average person may or may not know about the Big G and his other rubbery friends. And speaking of friends, one of my best friends is sitting right here next to me now. I introduced him at the beginning of the show, and I'm pleased to have him here for the debut episode Martin Vavra, he's a teacher and a videographer who recently moved here to Portland from the bustling metropolis of Medford, Oregon. Martin, welcome to KaijuCast. Hey, Kyle, thank you very much for having me on here. I'm on the uh, the pilot project for this, so I'm very excited. Yeah, for those of you who are interested, which I'm sure is all of you, Martin is helping me out not only by being my first guest, but by helping me set up this cool uh makeshift studio here in my <laughs> in my living room in my apartment in Hillsboro, Oregon. I'm the one that got to tell all the fantastic stories into the microphone to do all the sound checks. <laughs> <laughs> we had it. That was fun. Uh, anyway, let's get right down to brass tacks. Tell me, Martin, would you describe yourself as a Godzilla fan? Okay, so this is very interesting because knowing the questions that were coming up ahead of time, that one being the very first question, the very moment that I read that and said, am I a Godzilla fan? I was prepared to laugh and say, no, I'm not a Godzilla fan. And after thinking about it for a while, I would have to probably vote to the fact that about 60% of me would say that I am a Godzilla fan with 40% of me kind of... You know, not so much. Um, 
And it's interesting. The reason that I had a change of heart for that answer is because I got to thinking back. And it's like, you know, that 40% of me would not run out the door right now to go and watch a Godzilla movie unless you were going along. But I can remember so many times thumbing through the TV and there's a Godzilla movie on and I'd stop and watch it. And that has probably happened for the better part of 37 years. So I've watched many, not all, but I've watched many Godzilla movies for no other than I'm thumbing through. And I stopped and I watched it. That, that's always awesome when you just unexpectedly come across Godzilla. For me especially, like if I'm, I, you know, I don't, I don't have cable at my house, but if I'm at somebody else's house and I'm like flipping through the stations just because I don't have very much time and I'm like kind of looking through it. And if I ever see the big G up there, I'm just like, sweet. Do we have to leave so soon? Yeah, and but it's really weird because there's a very core group of, I would probably say, five or six Godzilla films, and those are the ones that are always out there. So to learn that there's a world of 28 films that are out there, is, uh, it's pretty amazing. So, um, so, like, you just gave me a little bit of history with, with you and your Godzilla knowledge, and, mm-hmm. you know, you said you didn't know there were 28 films. Um what movies do you remember there being? And you don't have to get... I'm not going to grade you on specific titles. <laughs> I'm just curious to see what you do remember. Like, give me give me a little bit of your history with Godzilla. Like, um, Yeah, it's a good thing this isn't a, a Trivial Pursuit game because I would, I would fail at it very quickly. Um, which, if there are any uh, Trivial Pursuit people out there that have influence, please feel free to begin a Trivial Pursuit Godzilla edition and a Monopoly set with a possible expansion into Risk. That I think there's a market if there's for a it. Monopoly, <laughs> if there's a Monopoly game, what you have to do is you have to include the community chess cards as yeah. like Godzilla smashes your <laughs> hotel. Well, and I just figured that everybody would be wanting the boot, but it wouldn't be the boot. It would be like the foot. And they would they they'd be loving it as they rounded boardwalk because instead of paying at the hotels you just squashed them. <laughs> and then when you pull that that one that says you have to pay your insurance, it's like all of your money. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Acts of Godzilla. You have a get out of jail free card by ripping the roof off and walking through it. Nice. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, my my history of it. It's really um, it's it is all TV based, um, and I think it is a whole core group and i don't and i know i really don't know all of the names you know godzilla versus whoever and whatever and all of those um i remember mothra i remember rodan um and outside of the godzillas i mean there's a uh, uh, gamera in Girion. and uh so it's it's really weird because i was actually trying to think if i ever watched one from beginning to end all the way through and there's a good chance that i've probably only seen one or two ever all the way through in one sitting most of them have you know, come into it and then sat there and watched it. Um, and I don't know how many times Godzilla, but it's interesting. I have seen an, enough Godzilla to know that there was a change somewhere in there where Godzilla was the random monster that came up, rampaged through everything, and then went back and disappeared. And then there was the whole other world of Godzilla where Godzilla was the hero that's coming in to save Tokyo and everywhere else yep. from yep. all the other monsters. So it's, and I, and not knowing the genre enough, I don't know where that where that line is or why that changed in there. I can tell you exactly where that changed. <laughs> exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, that will be episode four. Or <laughs> is in, it might be today. It's in the movie called Ghidra, the Three-Headed Monster. Mm-hmm. And there is literally a scene where Ghidra's attack, because Ghidra is attacking um, Japan, Mothra 
has a conversation between Godzilla and Rodan and talks tries to talk them into saving the earth rather than destroying it or saving Japan rather than destroying it. Is this the twins it. that is this a twins no. one? I mean no. li- it, the twins are in it, yes, but literally it's Mothra the monster talking to the two other monsters and they ignore him at first and they go back to fighting each other and then later on once Mothra's getting their butt kicked by Ghidra, they come in and they that's when the the uh, switch has been flipped. Godzilla becomes the hero. Hmm. Was it in subtitles when Mothra was talking? And what does a moth do that? In? I <laughs> I don't <laughs> little subtitles I don't, in there. I don't think there were subtitles. <laughs> what happened was the twins in the version I saw, which is the dubbed version. I actually it's blasphemy, I know, to say this, but I prefer my movies from the first series dubbed just because I enjoy the I actually enjoy the actors' voices who did the dubbing. But um in the version I saw, the Mothra twins are actually explaining to the humans who are watching this take place. They're ex- like they're literally giving them a play-by-play. <laughs> you know, Mothra's saying this, and then Godzilla says, "No, I don't want to do." That. You know, it's pretty cool, and it's also a little chintzy. It's you know, this is another sign of like there are changes being made in the Godzilla series. You know, mm-hmm. Godzilla is not a badass anymore. He's about to change into. You know, someone who fights, and the same thing goes for Rodan too. You know, Rodan is another one that switches from being a terror into being a hero as well, even though he's not as prevalent in the in the following movies. And I didn't, I never knew that. I didn't know Rodan switched it up like that. Stick with me, man. You'll learn a lot. I am. I'm learning a lot. I'm excited for the next uh, Godzilla Athon. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll try and have one. So, when you were a child. Um, I mean, I'm not sure. How old were you? Just real quick. How old were you when you saw your first Godzilla? Oh, I'll bet it was probably five. Okay. I'm willing to bet. So, like, when you were a kid, what was your favorite Godzilla monster? Was it was it Godzilla? Was it Rodan? Was it you know another I evil actually, monster? The the one that sticks out the most for me is uh, I think it is Girion, and it was because here is uh, this Jack the Knife character that's crawling around on all fours, and it has Chinese stars shooting out of the side of its head. And I was like, holy cow, how cool is that? I want Chinese stars that go like flipping out from my temples, man. That's that's the coolest thing. And it like reloads itself. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I actually, I love, I love Giron. I, I call him Giron, but Giron, Giron, you know, it's, it all depends on how it's spelled when it's, you know, translated, I guess. Mm-hmm. But um, I've never seen the Japanese language version of that that movie, but um, just as an aside, back in 1999, my family and I went to G Fest, which is like the big Godzilla convention. They have it every year, and it's usually in Chicago. But for two years in a row, if not three, I think it was just two, they had it in Los Angeles. And being up here in Portland, I said, you know, I've got to go to this thing. How can it's, I not it's go? It's <laughs> finally in a place where I can go. So we went down to G Fest, and they had. Um, they had a costume contest, which they have every year. And so my wife dressed up as one of the alien chicks, Barbella. From, I don't know that one. I don't think. Well, it's from the same movie you're talking oh, about. Oh, okay. It's okay. You don't know. It's no big deal. <laughs> but uh, we put Tiger and my son, Tiger, in a Giron costume. And uh, it was absolutely adorable. 
and he won first place <laughs> in the costume <laughs> contest. And it was it was really cool. There's a lot of other you know stories I could go to about that. But did he headbutt anybody after he? When he won? No, but when he was crawling across <laughs> the stage, all these people like started cheering and taking pictures, and he actually like kind of reared back and lifted one of his one of his hands. It's, you know, it's kind of a leg yeah. in the costume. <laughs> lifted it up, and it was just like picture Classic perfect. Gear, yeah. It was hilarious. Yeah. It was so cool. Anyway, uh, so yeah, that's I love that movie and the creature from that too. How about, how about now? Do you still do you still hold? Gear on up as like your top monster. Or- it is, and it, um, and that's probably I, I'm, and I'm going to admit it for the the other people that are going to be out there listening this who might know because Godzilla had a rebirth with me in its enjoyment with Mystery Science Theater three thousand, which also meant that Gamera was right in there, and that was one of the best MST three Ks ever. Was the Gamera versus Gear on, and. Uh, so that was like a whole new love of everything for me with, with that. Like at least my appreciation was it because not only did I get to see these movies that I've seen it before, but now, you know, you get to see the, the, the playfully heckled version of it and having a good time with it. And yeah, it just, it made it that much more of an appreciation. Yeah. There's actually a lot of controversy about that whole MS3, MST3 really? thing. Yeah, I like didn't know that. Within the Godzilla fandom, there are some people that just say, you know what, that's, too disrespectful to the genre and it's Mm -hmm. i personally i could see where they're coming from but i totally disagree because Mm -hmm. with mystery science theater it reminded me oh yeah i love these movies yeah and they're not perfect they're chintzy some you know some of them have you know a little too much showing and some of them are you know the suits are a little threadbare and it pokes fun at it but at the same time it also has fun with it and I, I really love those those movies. You know, they did, I don't know if you know this, but they did several of the Gamera movies and they did a couple of the Godzilla movies. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're classic because the Godzilla movies they've done are, well, one of them I, I do like, actively really like Godzilla versus the sea monster. But Godzilla versus Megalon, I will admit, is, in my opinion, like the worst Godzilla movie ever made. <laughs> Aside from the American one. But, uh, well, and and also I think to go with that is uh, not knowing the the Japanese culture and how how they do embrace it, or even the you know the Godzilla fans that are out there. To me, it never. And this is again going on the few that I've seen. Godzilla never really seems like one of those movies where they're really trying to convince you that that is really a, a one hundred foot tall gigantic lizard that is really truly terrorizing Tokyo, and you really truly need to be afraid of it. It really never seems like they're they they want you to believe that so bad. So I guess that's why I feel it's okay with Mystery Science Theater because they're having the same kind of fun with it that somebody somewhere had to be having the same kind of fun with. Yeah, there's a term that I use a lot when I talk about a lot of the movies that I enjoy watching. And that term is suspension of disbelief. And in my world, where I, I mean, I hold the Godzilla movies in the same high regard as Star Wars movies, Mm -hmm. or, you know, that might not be such a great example for some people, but, you know, a lot of people like these, like, fantastically awesome movies that were well-made and well-scripted, and I... I don't really pull any punches with the Godzilla movies. I understand some things that are, you know, some uh, environmental aspects that you could, you know, say are part of the Japanese cinema that 
don't change over the over the course of his uh, exist of Godzilla's existence. But I don't I don't really have a problem uh, holding one of those Godzilla movies up to say the Godfather. You know, I find Godzilla movies infinitely more enjoyable. <laughs> but uh, you know, I but that's I watch these things all the time. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm constantly looking for the new releases, even though I've already got all the movies. I'll buy the new, the new version if it comes out, especially if it's got new stuff. Um, which actually, it kind of brings me to my next question: When was the last time you saw a Godzilla movie, even if it was incomplete? When was the last time you actually sat down and watched part of or a whole Godzilla movie? Um, probably. Oh, I'm gonna guess that it's probably been four or five years. It's it's probably been a while. I mean, I know I've seen a, a Godzilla movie of the original context of Godzilla, not the Matthew Broderick one, but since that abomination was released upon the theater goers, I have seen Godzilla movies since then. I think that was, what, 2000? So, but it's probably been about four or five years. Yeah, Nin- 1998, actually. 98, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, what, uh, but I had a question, and that what was the Godzilla movie where Godzilla turns and he he gets good and Mothra's helping out and all that. Ghidra the three-headed monster. Ghidra. Now that was remade in the US, wasn't it? No, that was actually No, I think it was remade. Isn't that the basis for Terminator 2 where like the the monster gets a heart and and all of that? No. Arnold Arnold's not Godzilla now. <laughs> I I'd have to watch him see if it's a side-by-side <laughs> shot for shot remake, but I'm pretty yeah. sure <laughs> The monster sure gets not. a heart, decides to save the humanity that it was out rampantly destroying just <laughs> a so, little while so, ago. So, do you like Godzilla as a hero or a villain? Um, I think it was probably more interesting having him as a hero because it was actually a a lot more fun watching him destroy Tokyo while he was trying to save it. You know, they're running around, they're throwing each other, they're tossing each other up in the air, they're doing the blasting heat rays and eye lasers and, you know, flying around headbutt stuff. And and Tokyo's still pretty well paying the price for all of that. And I think there's a, you know, it's a, <laughs> the hero's remorse. <laughs> oh, the tragedy of the hero. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know if you know this, but eventually... You know, he went back to being a villain, and then very, had this very as part short of the storyline, like as part of mm-hmm. the okay, and then uh, he had a very brief one movie stint of being a hero, and then he sort of went back to being a villain. Was he and the hero in the Matthew Broderick one? Because I kind of thought that. Now, ser- honestly, I mean, and this is for anyone who doesn't know me. You know, I do not count the Matthew Broderick movie as a Godzilla movie. I know technically. In Godzilla Final Wars, Toho used... Toho, by the way, is the studio that makes Godzilla movies. Mm -hmm. In 2004, Toho used the American version of Godzilla in that movie. Oh, the the digital Godzilla? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and the real Godzilla fought it and won very quickly. But... uh, I would actually like to see that. (laughs) I, I will make sure that you will see that movie. Nice. Trust me. That's... From Godzilla: Final Wars. Um, anyway, that uh, I do not consider the American Godzilla from Roland and Emmerich to be a Godzilla movie. It's not 
There, if I did, there neither would be did the 20, other audience <laughs> went and watched it. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, a lot of people who really don't like that movie, mm-hmm. and uh, most of them are my comrades. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, you got to bring out the dark the dark past, though. I mean, it, for everything, there is an episode one <laughs> or an episode I, two. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that just about every person I have on this show is probably going to you know bring that up. Unfortunately, but. Yeah, you know it happens, just like the holiday special for Star Wars. Happened. You could have a note about it in the green room next to the to the cheese tray that says "No bringing up <laughs> the, the you Damn, know, Roland had, Emmerich's we had a cheese tray." That's right. I missed that. Yeah. Well, was I in the right apartment? Yeah, <laughs> I must have been down the hall. Anyway, uh, we talked about Gamera. Mm-hmm. So I know you've seen Gamera versus Giron. Yeah. Have you seen any of Godzilla's other competition? Uh, oh yeah, well I've seen the I, I know I've seen whether I've seen them all. I don't know how t- many times Mothra comes up, but I have definitely seen I believe multiple Mothra movies in there. Rodan movies, I definitely remember the Rodan ones. Those were I don't and again I don't know if there were multiple ones. Not sure. Was there just the one? There was just the one. Just the one. But I know that I've seen it. And again, that's one of those never seen it beginning to end. But I definitely remember the Rodan ones. And it and um. And those were those were really cool, but at the same time, you know, those were the ones that's like, oh, there's, it's the guy on the wire, you know. But it was yeah. still really cool that they were, yeah, pulling it off. Yeah, for anyone who listened to the Horror Holocaust radio show when I was on it doing my Godzilla special, um, they'll know this. But Rodan was actually my first love. Like mm-hmm. that, I didn't see Godzilla first. I saw Rodan because I was a dinosaur nut when I was a kid. And I was like, oh, look, it's a pterodactyl or a pteranodon, you know, whatever yeah. I thought it was. And then my mom rented it for me probably about like 50 times when I was a kid. <laughs> so I've seen the Americanized version of that movie more than t- more times than I can count. And mm-hmm. it's I still love Rodan. He's still one of my favorite, uh, favorite monsters. He's way high up on the list of uh, however many monsters there are. I'm going to have to count that sometime. Yeah, I'd be curious about that too. Yeah. But anyway, so... Speaking of Godzilla's competition, we talked about Gamera, and I'm going to go ahead and launch into another round of tracks here, starting off with one of the Gamera favorites.
And we're back. For those keeping track, we just heard the Gamera March, followed by the Monster March, the karaoke version, which is from uh, Godzilla's Revenge, which uh, I'm sort of doing like a little kids theme sort of thing going on here for a little bit. Then after that, uh, we heard Mothra's song from uh, Godzilla vs. Mothra. Or technically, actually, it's Mothra vs. Godzilla. That's the 64 version. And the 60... the the following version was Mothra versus God, or Godzilla versus Mothra, and that was from 1992. <clears throat> I digress. The following track was the Monster Zero title track, which is actually really one of my favorite Godzilla movies. Oh, they're they're about out of the 28. There are probably um, I'd say there's probably about six or seven Godzilla movies that really just topped the list for me. And then I'm sure at some point I will have my own top 10 that I, that I dive into, but that is not this show. So that was the Monster Zero title track. The following track after that was Escape from Godzilla from Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidra, Giant Monsters All Out Attack. And now we're back and uh, switching gears back to you, Martin. What, if anything, would you like to learn about the genre itself? You know, if uh, I'm not sure I can answer any question out there. I'm not the be-all, end-all expert when it comes to Godzilla and his friends. But uh, hopefully I can provide some insight for you yeah. if you have questions. I have I have tons of questions. Um, I'll start on the, the technical side of the uh, Godzilla movies, or any of them in general. I have to honestly ask if there is an answer to this one that you would know. Where did they get the sound effect for Godzilla. Because when I think about gigantic bipedal lizards tearing through the Tokyo streets that breathe fire, I I would have never imagined what they use. But the thing is, that is so classically known as the Godzilla sound right now that it couldn't be anything else. If it was, it would not be recognized. Well, I know that the very first Godzilla roar was uh, created by... Um, by rubbing, by putting on a white glove and rubbing it on, like, I cannot remember what the instrument was, but rubbing it on, like, cello strings. Oh, I'm glad you said it was instrument. I thought you were going <laughs> to rubbing it on Raymond Burr's stomach. <laughs> that was why he was in the American version. <laughs> I'm, I'm impressed you know that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Raymond Burr. You know what his name was in that movie? Steve Martin. No way. Way. What was Steve Martin's name then before that? I don't know. Oh. I think he, I hope I'm hoping he pulled his stage name from that movie, but I I've never been able to ask him in person. <laughs> uh anyway, so that's that's what I know. I know that subsequent versions they use all sorts of different techniques to make it and I know even later in in like the 90s series they actually gave him a more animalistic growl to it where I I'm, I'm sure they took like some animal and mm -hmm. mixed it with the original sound and kind of came up with what they use just about for any of the roars these days. Gotcha. Because, I mean, you just, you have to admit, you any anybody who is probably, you know, 20 years old or older, I would imagine probably around 20 years old is the cutoff unless they've got cable and pick stuff up. But, I mean, that's just, that's Godzilla. That is, you hear that sound. It is not anything else. It is Godzilla. No, it's, a, it's a classic sound. I mean, yeah. I'll never mistake it. I know, actually, every time, sometimes I hear it 
in other things when it where it shouldn't be there. Like they'll occasionally some company will decide that they want to use Godzilla's roar for some random monster sound in a cartoon or a TV show, and I'm like, up oh, they're stealing Godzilla's voice. Yeah, Godzilla. <laughs> so, all right. So the other the uh, a big question, not technical one, is. What do what does Japan think of these movies? Like, it, what is Godzilla in Japan? That is a much more difficult question to answer. Uh huh. Um, I would say that right now. I mean, at, is it like American at, Idol to them? No, no. I'd say that right now, Godzilla is what you would call a cultural icon. Mm-hmm. I know that in uh, the they. They came, you know, they have a lot of Godzilla movies out there, right? Yeah. So there are three different series. There's the first series, which was from 1954 to 1975. There was a 10-year break or nine-year break. And then 1984 to 1995, there was another series. And then the third series of movies was from 2000, or 1999, excuse me. It's called Godzilla 2000 in the States, but mm-hmm. really it's 1999 through 2004, they had another run of movies. That was the last time we saw them. From where I was sitting in the the grand schema of Godzilla fandom, it seemed like Godzilla was dwindling in popularity. Um, let me point some of these posters around here. For, for those of you who cannot see, it's really a shame because I have Godzilla posters all around my uh, living room, but see that one right there, Martin? Yes. Uh, it's got Mothra on it and Mechagodzilla. The name of that movie is Godzilla, Mothra, Mechagodzilla, Tokyo SOS. Look down at the very bottom of it. Okay. And you will see a little cartoon guy. That's Hamtaro. Yes. And for two movies, Is that I believe, a Yu-Gi-Oh character? No, it's like okay. a little hamster. For two movies, they actually did like uh It's like a like when we were, when we were kids and they would have a cartoon in the beginning of the right. movie. That's what they did to try and get more people into the theater. Really? And actually, the last movie, Godzilla Final Wars, which I do not have a poster of, um, Godzilla Final Wars featured like this super hot Japanese director who had been making these crazy movies, and it was wildly popular, and uh, they spent more money on it than ever, and uh, I don't know how it did in the end. I know how I enjoyed it, but... Uh, you know, in my opinion, the Godzilla popularity over time has just waned so much that that's why they're taking a break now. There haven't been movies in four years, and it's like, that's why. It's because Godzilla's just not bringing in the crowds that it that it should or that Toho wants it to. Because really, Godzilla is Toho's fallback. Mm-hmm. You know, they could they used to make they used to make the movies, and they were doing sort of poorly, and then they brought them back, and then. They took a break, and now they're brought them back again, and now they're taking another break. So at some point, we, as the Godzilla fandom, are hoping that they bring him back when it's really time. I mean, I know that some people are like, if there's a Godzilla movie. Is that part of the storylines, too? No, no. I thought that was like Godzilla returned during, like, in the times of need. No, not really. No? There's a couple couple of movies where he, he... he shows up when he's needed, mm-hmm. but that's different from him taking a break and coming back. And the first break that he took was after the the second Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla movie, which is called Terror of Mechagodzilla. Mm-hmm. And after that movie, which I believe was 1975, he did not show up until 1984 when they took 
all of the movies between 1955 and 1975 and basically ignored them all. And they said this movie in 1984 called Godzilla Returns is a direct sequel to the very first Godzilla movie. And that was that was Godzilla 1984 in the States, wasn't it? Because that was... They, they, typically, oh, if, you get, if you get a movie that's released in the States, like mm-hmm. typically it takes about a year for them to do something to it in order yeah. for it to be produced here. So Godzilla Millennium, which mm-hmm. was in 1999, was, produ- was released in the States as Godzilla 2000. Okay. And Godzilla... Returns from 1984 was released in the States as Godzilla 1985 with Raymond Burr added back into it, which was not in the uh, Japanese release exactly in 84. Right. Raymond Burr and a giant Dr. Pepper machine in the war room. <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll go into that again at some point, I'm sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> I don't even remember what we were initially talking about, but. That was uh, that's where the, the, that's what the, they do when they take breaks. Yeah, the cultural representation of of what Godzilla means because that's I mean that's that's you know one of the obvious huge questions that I have because I you know not being the hardcore fan like that and not having these posters up because I'm sure someone would ask me the same thing because of our you know our love with Star Wars and people are going to ask you know do you take that really seriously and it's like well you know what when I was seven years old I would have loved to have been that farm boy that was whisked away on this giant adventure and totally saved the universe and kissed my sister I mean who doesn't fantasize about that <laughs> but um, yeah and I still to this day want to stomp through cities <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly especially when I'm caught in traffic um so yeah it's so it's a wonder uh, about that it's like do you do they think of this as a as a fun little romp in which they're watching a guy in a rubber suit and it's just kind of a nice kind of fun release and you know it's just kind of known for that or do you know is there a point in time where people in in japan are like oh god another godzilla movie i i'm sure that there there have been times in recent years where people say Hey, another Godzilla movie. Here yeah. we go again, you know. But and that's why, in my opinion, that's why they're taking a break. And I, I think it's a much deserved break. You know, the last uh, four movies, even five movies from the Godzilla series, took a very serious tone. You know, Godzilla was definitely not a hero. He was he was a force of destruction, mm-hmm. and they were really well done, technically. You know, technically well done as well, um, and I think a lot of them had great scripts. Then the last movie that came out, which was Final Wars, sort of took that and just spun it around and did this weird thing where uh, Ruhe Kitamura, who is the director of that movie, he actually did a giant nod towards the '70s films, which are you know, cheesy and they've mm-hmm. got crazy plots. And he, I mean, when I say a giant nod, I'm not talking about like, this is a little nod, you know? Yeah. It's like, Hey, you doing seventies movies. He was like, <laughs> I love the seventies Godzilla movies. <laughs> and like, that's what the movie ended up being. It was like this high budget, crazy, crazy plot, more monsters than any other movie ever. Mm-hmm. And it just, with more nods to, the '60s and '70s movies than that should than should be in a Godzilla movie. I mean, and that, that was, was Final like, Wars. Final Wars. That was, was Final Wars. Okay, packed, mm-hmm. completely packed. They could like it was almost like they packed it so full of homages and nods that they didn't have enough room to fit a good story into. <laughs> 
So, and I, I'm I'm a little down on that movie. A lot of people that I know thought it was the most amazing Godzilla movie they've ever seen, and that's fine and good. I don't have any qualms with that. But the uh, I think in general the way that the Japanese are seeing Godzilla right now is that he is he's a cultural icon. He's something that they recognize as being their own, mm-hmm. and that's probably about it right now. Eventually, I'm sure Toho wants to bring him back when the time is right. Yeah. So I do have another uh, interesting question for you. It'll probably be the very last one. So let's say Godzilla does come back. Would you want Godzilla to come back as a guy in a rubber suit? Or would you want Godzilla to come back in something that's much more modern, like a new look, being digital, digital landscapes like would you want Godzilla to look like something that had stepped out of LucasArts or something like that and not to use it as a Star Wars reference but I mean something that looks like Weta from Lord of the Rings those guys did it and it looked that good or do you do you want that rubber suit back so <sighs> really that's I'm really split on that um because I know that they can do some great things with CGI these days and I think in the right hands, and I mean the right hands, like they'd have to be someone, it would have to be someone who could find the people to really do it justice. I think that an all CGI Godzilla could be well done. However, I have yet to see one <laughs> that is really well done. I've seen a lot of fan versions. Some of them are very good great attempts and uh, there was actually a movie recently in Japan that for the life of me I cannot remember the name of right now I think it's like uh, people reference it as always is the name uh, sort of a nickname for the film that was the John Goodman movie where Richard <laughs> Dreyfuss comes back as a ghost this is getting oh, edited no. out um, <laughs> anyway there's a there's a movie in Japan that just recently recently came out and there's a scene where the main character of the film has a sort of dream sequence where he steps out of his house and the city that he is in is classic 1950s Tokyo and it's being attacked by Godzilla. And all you see is destruction all around him and you hear Godzilla's footsteps and Godzilla's roaring and you see Tokyo Tower get blasted and very realistically topple down, which is very cool. And then he looks up and there's Godzilla and you can see him, and it's all CGI. And I got to say that the very first time I saw it, I was like, now that it looks super good. And then he turns around and he roars, and it just sort of didn't fulfill the fantasy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I am a huge, huge fan of the actual suitmation, which is what they we sort of call it. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy in the rubber suit is in my opinion, very important to a Godzilla movie. There's a lot of uh, emotion, which sounds, maybe sounds silly, but there's a lot of emotion that can be portrayed by those actors, and those actors work their butts off in those suits, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk about that in a future episode where um, you know, I, I can read you story after story of these guys you know, sweating buckets, basically, um, in those big hot suits. But that could be where that whole motion capture comes in because, like, the Gollum character, where that's all acted out by an actual person, and they they don't animate 
the character as much as the character is mapped onto the actor that does it. Right. Well, there's a there's a good uh, reference here actually for um, for CGI in general. You know, it's not it's not all about the rendering. It's not. I mean, granted, a lot of that does come into play when you're judging how something looks. Is like how how well it's rendered, how well it's been basically digitally drawn by these companies, mm-hmm. and then mapped, of course, with the actions. But there's also the creature design, and that, in my opinion, I keep saying that. In my opinion, that is where initially the 1998 version of Godzilla in the States failed. It just, to me, I hated the design. I really did not like it. I said, man, that doesn't look anything like Godzilla. Really doesn't, in my, the way I feel about it is that I just kind of despise the way that creature looks. And that's partially because of the way the movie happened and how it just, the creature acted. But but you like the, the classic Godzilla look. Yeah. You you don't want like the, the more, I mean... That, and that's a, the '98 one was that was very lizard, tyrannosaurus, Rex type of. You like it looked the like classic. an iguana. The '98 yeah, version looked like an iguana. It did. What I want is I I'd rather see something that looks more like a dinosaur, mm-hmm. but not a dinosaur. I want to see Godzilla. There was a there's a maquette that um, uh, in 2002 or 2001, Shusuke Kaneko, the director of Godzilla, Mothra King Ghidra, brought out a maquette. For the press release, and I thought it looked fantastic. Godzilla was like sort of up on the on the tips of his feet, like a dinosaur. His tail was raised in the air instead of being dra- instead of dragging on the ground, mm-hmm. and his his forearms were kind of pulled up into his body. Even though he had the full forearms that he normally does, they were sort of recessed in a sense, and he was roaring. And it just to me looked fantastic. They did try to do that. And they, I know they worked their tails off trying to make that Godzilla suit into what they thought it should look like for that maquette. Mm-hmm. But because of the way a human works in one of those suits, it was probably not going to happen. Um, and I'm sure there were probably budget constraints and time constraints. And then, of course, there's just the reality of fitting a human into one of those suits without a whole bunch of extra... Um, wires to hold his balance up and and uh maybe platforms for the feet i'm not really sure yeah but uh i would there's sort of like an in-between stage i think where if it looked a certain way like uh like that maquette i think i could accept a cgi version that still looks like godzilla but it maybe looks better than a guy in a suit does mm-hmm. and uh that's my answer Excellent. I think that's a really great answer. Long-winded, but could be great. Uh, So now, actually, I'm going to move on to our Godzilla news section, because no self-respecting podcast would be without its news. And aside from Godzilla discussion and music, I've picked up a couple of stories from my friends over at SciFiJapan.com, and I think you guys should know about these. Uh, those, uh, Those who are stateside... I apologize. This might not do much very uh, do very good for you. Let me say that again. This may not do those listening stateside very much good, but Toho Studios and the Japanese Movie Specialty Channel re- recently completed the task of converting all 28 of the Godzilla movies into high definition for broadcast in Japan in December. 
James Ballard from Sci-Fi Japan detailed the time-intensive and difficult process in a recent article. It's a fantastic read with some really great photos. I highly suggest you check it out over at SciFiJapan.com. Another story, Gamera fans will be happy to know that Media Blaster's long-awaited U.S. DVD release of Gamera the Brave is starting to hit shelves. The double-disc set has both the original Japanese audio and an English-dubbed track. English subtitles are also on the disc and is presented in the original 2.35 to 1 aspect ratio. There's a number of extra features uh, with the DVD, including trailers and TV spots, and a special video called Director's Lecture, How to Make a Gamera Film. You should be able to pick up this movie for $19.99 at a number of stores today. Uh, also, I remember way back in 2005, my friend Keith Aiken, who lives in Los Angeles and is very involved with the American Cinematheque uh, down there, he saw a film at the American Film Market and it was supposed to be great. And he told me a little bit about it, showed me some pictures, and we ran a story on Henshin Online, which was uh, kind of got my my mind buzzing because, you know, there have not been any Godzilla movies for a while. Uh, and three years later, the movie's starting to surface in Japan. The movie's called Deep Sea Monster Riego, and it was directed by Shinpei Hayashiya, who is a, long fan, a lifelong fan of the genre. And I remember stumbling across Hayashida's website years ago, and his uh, short fan-made Godzilla movies were very cool. Part of that thing I was talking about is like he, this guy actually made his own Godzilla movies and posted them on his website. Nice. Um, the biggest deal for me, however, was that he actually made his own Gamera film, calling it Gamera for the Truth, which was a direct sequel in his storyline mm-hmm. to Gamera 3, Revenge of Iris, which is great film um it got a lot of buzz um and despite its popularity at its extremely limited showing which i believe was at one uh screen (laughs) ever it has never been available even online i remember that drove me nuts for a few months and actually i i emailed hayashida and had a very brief conversation with him where I discovered that he was not going to send it to me online. <laughs> <laughs> but you tried. Yeah, that, but that was when I was in the throes of updating my Gamera website, and I was really, really, really interested in any kind of Gamera news uh, that was possibly available. And uh, that was, you know, get, got a lot of interest from, you know, all my friends. And uh, I still have not been able to see it. I'd love to actually get a hold of that movie, but... Our conversation, let's just say, never got off the ground. Anyway, his determination seems to have paid off, however, because the good news is his Riego film actually seems to be a cool tribute to the genre and features a number of fan-favorite crew and actors. Hopefully, it'll gain gain enough momentum that one of our kaiju-sympathetic U.S. distributors will eventually provide a stateside DVD release. And last but not least, I have some screenings to report. If you live in the Toronto area in Canada. Make sure you head out to the Bloor Cinema on January 30th for their 9.30 p.m. screening of Bulgasari, which kicks off their Workers' Paradise, the North Korean film series. And those listeners who hail from Atlanta, which are my old stomping grounds, Atlanta, Georgia, should not hesitate to go to the Plaza Theater off of Ponce de Leon Avenue on the 31st, January 31st, to catch one of my favorite Godzilla films ever, Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidra, Giant Monsters, All Out Attack. 
There will be two screenings, a 1 p.m. kids matinee where kids under the age of 12 are free with adult tickets at 7 bucks, and a 10 p.m. showing with tickets at 10 bucks each. These screenings are part of the Silver Scream Spook Show, which puts on a show every month. I'll, put, uh, I'll post the website for both of those screenings in the show notes. That is the end of the Godzilla news section. And uh, judging from the time, looks like we need to wrap this up here. But I want to encourage you to email me if you have any suggestions for the show, questions you would like to have answered, or ideas for future installments of the podcast. Eventually, I might get to the point where I can stream this live. And if that happens, I'll get some kind of IM technology incorporated into the blog so I can take live questions and comments. So until next time... Oh, and I, I don't want you to go yet. Oh, you don't want me to go yet? Well, because I think you need to mention uh, your website. Make sure people can get to your blog. Where is that located? Oh, yeah. What is that called? Uh, kaijucast.com. So if you get to this podcast... From some other avenue, say iTunes or Podcast World or some other name I could make up, make sure you go to kaijucast.com. I have a blog up there, and I post to it regularly. And every time I have a show, I will post the show there, a link to the show, and also uh, track listings and show notes will also be available on that blog. And come on there and, and tell us what you thought about the show. Since we're just starting out, we'd like to know... Uh, who's listening and why they're listening and uh, maybe even some ideas uh, if you have something like that. Maybe you want the newbie like me to have to do some rubber suit time or something like that. I can pay my dues. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> totally awesome. So anyway, until next time, I'm Kyle Yount and uh, this is Martin Vavra. I'm going to leave you with a classic Ifukube song that was so nice they used it twice. It debuted in King Kong vs. Godzilla, and then Toho pulled it out of the archives for the closing credits of Godzilla vs. Destroyer. It's a fantastic montage of Godzilla shots from the first film and all of the Heisei series. Thank you very much for listening, and look for our next show sometime next month. Jamata!